As we saw in our previous episode, our century-spanning tale has many facets, all of which seem to be coming to a head. But if I were you, I'd change your definition of head to foot, because we're only just at the beginning. Before we can see the dark implications of when Joe Bart Rogan's hitman killed Sergeant Stubbs in 1983, we'll need to look at a addendum made to the Constitution. One whose changes were so dire, it marked an end to the two-party system of America as we know it. But as we know it today, in the year 3070, history has a way of repeating itself. Interior, the Oval Office, Washington, D.C., 2099. Recently appointed President Blair fidgets with a spinning top on his desk. His eyes glaze over and then unglaze again thanks to the eyelid windshield wipers that came in the premium package on his Best Buy contact lenses. He twists a lock of his salmon red hair. Where the fuck is that goddamn intern with the party hats? The one with the the thing in their face? And an ass like a locomotive? You know who I'm talking about. I'm the damn president. I don't have to explain myself to you. Right here, my leash. <laughs> yeah. That one. <laughs> Excellent. Now I finally have everything for that bitchin' party for the turn of the millennium. This is gonna be the tops and make all those old robo-bama parties look like damn church gatherings. This is the White House party I've campaigned on. I have to do this for my constituents' sake. Mr. President, it isn't the end of the millennia. What was that? What? Next year is, uh, 2100, <laughs> not 3000. President Blair solemnly nods his head of movement which is so aggressive that all of the beads and puka shells around his neck slam against each other. Without saying another word, he flips a switch underneath his desk which lowers the glass on the presidential fish tank behind him. An octopus with its newfound freedom wraps a meaty tentacle around the intern and pulls him deep into the nearby ocean. Nearby, of course, nah, there's too much air. Nearby, of course, because of the previous office's bill which moved the White House to beachfront property, colloquially dubbed the White Water House Bill. Those damn eggheads over at Hallmark think they can make a calendar that keeps me from partying in the year 3000? Well, they've got another thing coming, goddammit. I didn't become the president just to make these dumb decisions like who gets what tax money. I got this job because I want to party, dammit. And that's my promise to the American people. Party on. Our foolish ancestors thought they could rewrite history, but never anticipated what big calendar corporations would do once they had thrown out all of their calendars that they had already printed. Interior, a neo-elite hedonist den of great proportion, two years later in the year 3001. Thick marble bricks of all shapes and sizes lined the wall of the vast rec center for the hyper-wealthy. We found ourselves in Ohio, one of the last states in the U.S. found above water with all the rising sea levels. One woman adorned in a bathing tunic swims in the lap pool, which is filled with not water, but dioxin hydrogenated Lazarus jelly, an artificiated cell regenerative elixir of life. A second woman enters the room in a matching bathing tunic. This neo-elite rec center has the works. How's the water, or should I say dioxin hydrogenated Lazarus jelly? Good. And with that, Tales from Beyond the Century has passed the Bechtel test. If this were a series on Netflix, we would switch here to a wide shot of the pool, where we see a sluggish man in the back yelling for a beach ball. In the show, he would be played by Bill Burr. Hey, yo, toss me the pearl. He is ignored. It is truly wondrous how gelatinous this substance is. 
When I was designing the dioxin hydrogenic Lazarin molecules. Wait, you are the brains behind the Lazarus jelly? Well, I would be remiss if I did not give my team of research robots some credit. But yes, I am the woman behind this fancy goop. Wow. Just wow. I I just had a cup of the jelly for breakfast this morning. It keeps my palms greasy and my shits vicious. This is a very desirable trait in 3001 due to ever-evolving zeitgeists. <laughs> that was one of the most difficult features to negate the dark photons in nature. But we did it using the rare deep-sea vegetable, Galabrerototron. However, the creator of the Lazarus jelly was lying. Doing so allowed her to charge the neo-elite a premium for our product, yet instead of infusing the product with the exceedingly rare deep-sea cucumber, Gablorototron, she was infusing her product with Gablorotonate, a common spiny cousin of the sea cucumber. The creator of the jelly thought she was the only one that knew this, however, there were others. Exterior. Underwater farm, near the capital of the sea empire of Kentucky. Moments later, two tweens at the ripe age of 17 sit engrossed in their iPhone 14s, using the newest social media app, Tunk Tunk, which is their outlet to hear the hottest new product reviews. I guess materialism never dies. Hey everyone, Shoe Nice again. Well, basically you could call this a public service announcement, or just maybe a warning. Either way, I've eaten a lot of crazy things in my life, way before the internet. I was sucking down Elmer's paste in kindergarten class for a laugh. But either way, I took some science jelly the other day for a YouTube video, and I think I ate too much. Yeah, I got a whole, like, 16 ounces of it. So, um, now I have 11 toes. I wouldn't mind having an 11th toe, but it's growing out the backside of my ear. You know what I mean? I don't know what else is happening. Just weird stuff. Like, I wake up and I'm, um, like, 16 feet in the air. Don't ever eat too much science jelly. Game page. Thank you. Row after row of sea crop unfold across the marred sea floor. What once was the residential district of Frankfort, Kentucky is now nothing more than a means to an end for the land-dwelling elite of the planet. Even an untrained eye gazing upon the sea farming expedition would make one thing painfully clear. The people farming this GMO cucumber have ethical qualms with disturbing the ecosystem. It is against their better judgment to farm the Gablerodonate, for they alone know the awful secret behind this sea vegetable. A meek boy, not older than 16, looking as though he might blow away on the next gust of sea wind, takes one step on his journey of self-awareness and approaches a rustic sea farmer. Oi, sir. I beg your pardon, mister, but is there a chance I could ask you a wee bit of a question? Speak your mind, lad. I was shopping for my meal last week with my earnings, but I couldn't help but overhear a couple of librarians up for a jaunt. You know, boy, you wouldn't need to eat once a week if you'd beat your quota on cucumber picking instead of studying each one like a curious little angular fish. Sorry, sir. I was just uh, making I was just making a little bit of an inspection so the inspection team ain't gonna work so hard, isn't it? Bah! Out with it. What was your question? 
I listened to these librarians yesterday, see, and I heard them talk about how the cukes we was farming was bad for the mind, body, and spirit. You come round my row of cumbers with these questions? Go and ask your family. I ain't got no family, mister. Use all I got. Surely ye jestin', boy. I hardly know ye. Not to mention I don't like ye. Use all I got, papa. I ain't your papa. Now listen. I'll answer your question. Thank you, mister. Don't interrupt. Now listen up. You see these cucumbers contain some of the advanced alchemetals found at the highest point on the globe. They register a whole 9.7 on the Richter scale. You mean Everest, where the legendary Chilport Rogan has his military training facility? I said don't interrupt, lad. But yes, Everest, where Jobot and all the other hyper-elite live. Just as the farmer finishes filling the meek boy in on the turnings of the world, a couple of Secura droids approach the field, making a beeline for the boy. You've done it now! As the security droids reach the boy and the farmer and the other farmer, the gruff farmer attempts to explain the situation, but the droids are not having it. They laser ray both of them on sight. Laser, laser rays are, by nature, not usually fatal underwater, however in the meek boy's condition, he is instantly and painlessly plasminated. Interior, top of Mount Everest in Jobot Rogan's firebase facility. An ex-MMA fighter with just as many scars as biceps approaches a desk with a cheap office chair which is facing a shark tank. All that can be seen from behind the chair is an egg-like orb poking out of the top. As the chair swivels around, we see that it is actually Jobot Rogan wearing an all-gray wetsuit petting a duck. Ducks were thought to be extinct. Uh, boss, we got a problem over in Sector B9. There's a breach. It's where we store all the cans of beans. We need soldiers! Yeah, some militia shit. The MMA fighter presses a button on his patented matter relocation strap and teleports to the year 4000 in a flash of light. However, the year 4000 is not as he remembered. Something is wrong. The desert terrain is rocky without a building or soul in sight, except for one soul, the other Jobot Rogue and Terminator bot who teleported from the 1980s. Someone is plotting something. You'd play with fire and it might just jump right back out and burn you. Time travel is a fickle beast, and these two Rogotrons are a couple of chess pieces on someone else's chessboard. We've ended this episode, but we are right back where we started. There's only one way to find out if this thing is going to get an ending, or if this is going to get a whole lot more complicated. 